your shows, your entertainment, and your network. This is Rant News. Thank you, Gorilla Monsoon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, many events that occur here in the World Wrestling Federation have fans the world over talking about it, but I don't think anyone had wrestling fans more disgusted than what you, Jake the Snake Roberts, did oh, to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat from behind on Saturday night's main event. Don't you realize, up in those steamboat, they were all open-hand material, just little boys to play with. Uh, oh. Jake Roberts, let me ask you this. I agree with you. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was the uh, toughest competition you faced here in the World Wrestling Federation. But that was the moment you chose to come up from behind before the match started. Perhaps you were afraid of meeting any real afraid. competition face to face. You're saying that I'm afraid? I'm asking the you question. You know something? Sometimes it's better to remain quiet and be thought of fool than it is to speak up and erase all doubt. And Steamboat, you made a mistake by turning your back on me because I don't play no games. I don't have to play games. I don't have to watch games because I can control this sport with one move. DDT. DDT. You've seen what Steamboat looks like. Black guys, everything, head swelling up. Looks like the elephant man. That's because you administered taste. it to him on the concrete It doesn't floor. matter. The doesn't bottom line matter. in this sport is winners and losers. I never have been a loser. Because winning is the only thing that fills the pockets. And that's what this sport's about. You understand that? I understand, but I understand many men can make the same claim, but none of them have had to resort to behind-the-back sneak attacks, administering holes like the DDT on a man on a concrete floor. We all do things differently. I make my own rules because it's much easier that way. Now, as far as Damien goes, that's just part of the intimidation thing that I do. Because if you're thinking about the snake, then you're not thinking about me. And when you don't think about me, well... Why don't we ask Ricky Steamboat? I doubt you have heard the end of one Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Stay with us. Don't you love paying bills when you're podcasting? I mean, doesn't everybody do that? It's the first of the month. Bills gotta get paid! And with that said, let me remind everybody, it's Tuesday night, June 1st, 2021, episode 688 of The Rant is officially live across the airwaves of Rant Entertainment Media at RantEMRadio.com. Tune in Radio, Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And a million other platforms. Welcome, like I said. Welcome. All. To the Rant. 
my goodness, it's another Tuesday night. Let's wait for the song to finish. Oh! Welcome. Hello. Like I said, Tuesday night. Another Tuesday night here on the rant. Not just any Tuesday night. It's another Tuesday night. I gotta open the chat room. I didn't open the chat room. I didn't open the chat room, I said! Double A, as always, being joined by Tony C. I'll wait. Dramatic pause. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Hey, yo. Let me see here if we can hear Tony C with that playback. I'll wait. Dramatic pause. Okay, there we go. And with that, we also say hello to the we also say hello to the Silverwood himself, Surfer. Greetings and salutations. That's right. Another Tuesday night. Lots to talk about here on Durant. And D A. That's right. And um, oh, T H A. No, I think it's duh, duh. You know. Uh, what is uh? No, you got that. Oh, rant. No, I said uh, duh. And I just added in the next sound to it. That's all. It's not oh, duh. Rant. Uh, rant. Rant. Yeah. yeah. That I'm just saying. Y'all just never mind. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> okay. Forgetting. <laughs> um. But yes, it's you another. What? Y'all just didn't get it. I, I think I got it perfectly. No, you didn't get it. What then? Explain you it to me. It. Explain it to me. Educate me, please. One of y'all said D A D. One of y'all said T H A D. I just made up a sound. But we would never name Double would never name the show a rant. I didn't name the show a rant. I just said uh. But that's what we're doing. So you're doing your own thing. Okay, got it. Into what y'all talking about? <laughs> you're doing your own thing. We got it. No, I just made up a sound. That's all. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, hold on here. Um. Again, can the show, could your show ever be called a rant, by the way? Well, it depends. It depends. I, if I was a solo person, which I was in the beginning, uh, it could be, welcome to a rant with your host, Double A. You know, it could be very, a very PBS-esque type show. Well, there it is. Because a rant... A rant sounds very uh, sterile. <laughs> you know, like Cialis sterile. Or that type of sterile. You know, like, well, Cialis doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're not sterile. But, okay. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let me see here. 
<clears throat> I'm actually <laughs> I'm trying to get this last bill paid here. You know, it's first of the month. Did I hate it? Yeah. God damn. Well, they know not to have sent me these damn pills. Um. Anyways, like I said, it's the first of the month. Happy, happy belated Memorial Day to those of you out there. Uh, if you are in the United States. Um, long weekend for many of us. Long weekend. Was much needed. Let me tell you. It was you. a wet, cold weekend. Was a, I heard it was cold in various parts of the north. Yeah, like we just got this big rainstorm and then like the temperature just dropped. It was 90 degrees down here. All weekend. So, cold nothing. But let's go around the room and see what's going on in everybody's personal lives. And with that, we say hello to um, to Tony C. And Tony C., how was your weekend since we last spoke? Oh, everything was copacetic. You know, I had two graduations to go to last week. Yeah, two what? Two engagements two, to go to? Two graduations. Oh, two graduations. What yeah. level of education? High school. Oops. Okay. High school, sir. So high school graduation. From East Side High, they got their diploma. East Side High. Did they sing the? Th- did they sing the song? Sometimes it all. No, that's not the theme song to East Side High or the school song. Oh. Fair East Side. By the side, they'll stand. (laughs) Where did you learn that song? Praise God, me, praise God, me. Oh, man. To honor, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and then did a little getaway, like double A. Didn't go as far, probably, but just, you know, was away with the missus and enjoyed the holiday. Other than that, you know, not too much. Got a wedding anniversary coming up on June the 14th, so. That's right. Incognito, a little bit for that. Seven years running, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. Double A still waiting on you to come down to White Castle. <laughs> Check it out. I'll be up there soon enough. Don't worry. And Portobello next door. Whatever the hell that is. Portillo's. What's the name of it? Portillo's. Portillo, Portobello, whatever it's called. Put it right next door. But I get it, you know. Yeah. Other than that, nothing else too, too much going on. Nothing else going on. All right. Pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's really is jamming out when he's singing there, huh? 
praise that name, praise that name, praise that name. Who taught you that? Answer me. I know you didn't do it yourselves. Sam's. What? <laughs> what? Who taught you this song? Speak up! Mrs. Powers. Mrs. Powers, eh? Is she related to the Mega Powers? All of you. Ah, uh, well, we're not going to continue. They got here, uh, they reunited, apparently, that, uh, the, the singers there from the school, they reunited 30 years later in the same bathroom to sing again the song. Apparently, it's all the same people. Let me see here. Sam's in here? No. Yeah, okay. Anyways. Loyalty, loyalty. The guy, the, the actor, he, he couldn't sing. I know he couldn't sing, but uh, I don't know if they reunited him as part of this video that they did. That's the thing. Sam. Well. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's one of those, uh, that's one of those great, great one-liners. Here we go. Sam. Huh? What? Oh, man. All right. So, yeah. What about you, Surfer? Well, I tried to watch the movies event of the year over the weekend. So, let me guess. That that movie franchise that we all love and adore and watch. Each time he put out a new... uh, a new movie in the franchise. Okay. What? Nine. Yep. And were we you success? Were you were you ex- successful in your screening? Well, I didn't go to screen. I kind of watched it. Wait a minute. Oh, Did you pirate? You pirated the movie? <laughs> you going to prison? I didn't download anything. That's gassy. Going you couldn't control yourself. Three weeks. Anyway, it wasn't that great of a copy, <laughs> and I don't understand what the hell was going on. In this but wait, wait, no, no, hold on, hold on. I, 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 I before, hold on, before you get into the beating the potatoes, okay? I gotta, I gotta know, okay? So, how long? Did you spend trying to watch this, like, in the sense of trying to get access to the movie? Or did you run into somebody selling bootlegs on the corner no. for $5? No, no, no. I, I watched it uh, watched it on TV. You watched it on TV. So how long... So how long did you spend trying to find a, uh, a, a stream? It didn't take me long. Just a couple minutes. A couple of minutes. You just plugged in Fast 9 Stream online and you watched it. Yep. I was, you know, went to the right app, went to the movie section, 
searched it, till I found it, clicked on it. It took about three links before I finally got one that worked. And that was it. Now, why couldn't you wait? I'm curious. No, I didn't have nothing else to do over the weekend. Mm. So you're going to risk your freedom playing around with links. Nah, I got a VPN, son. Oh, way to give yourself away, sir. So, okay, so Server illegally watched F9 because he couldn't wait the, the extra 24 days like everybody else has to. I'm because, like I said, I So, wait a minute. Okay, so before we get into the movie, Ben, you don't have to tell us what happened in the movie, but... Are you gonna go rewatch this movie when it's officially released? Yeah, I, I went to the to the five dollar to go see it. You'll you'll wait till the five dollar. It's in the five dollar theater. No, five dollar gang. AMC. Oh, five dollar. Five dollar Ah, <laughs> of course, of course. So it's not worth the regular price of admission, is what you're saying. Well, I, I, I've sat through it once. No, 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 no. You sat through what you said was a bad copy. Right. Even what I, what, even what I made out. The movie, the movie was confusing. <laughs> Were you expecting anything less? Yeah, I expect some coherency when I watch a film. So, without giving us any details... And telling us what happened and and how they get to, from point A to point B, what did you think other than it's confusing? Well, I didn't see much growth in the characters. John Cena is a stiff. Well, he's supposed to be a stiff, but okay. I can't. I don't see how those two were brothers when. Clinton, they, they showed Papa Toretto for the first time. Okay, well, you don't and have to go into any further than that, but go ahead. And this man was not Caucasian. Well, neither is Vin Diesel. I tried to tell you on that, that he was playing like a Hispanic man. Well, Toretto's Italian, but okay, whatever. So what else? You're breaking up. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Everybody was did they stick of um, Teresa was loud, and of course they explain how Han came back. With you'll be, you, I mean, when when, the, when you get the explanation for that, I want to hear. I want to hear back from y'all. <laughs> so, is it confusing? No, it's not confusing. It's just a little far-fetched. Okay. The, the, the explanation as to why Han is back. Okay. Um, all right. So. And at, Jason Statham's mom show up in the movie, too, don't she? Yeah, she makes a little cameo. So, so let me ask you this. With the way the movie ended, okay, without giving any information away, with the way the movie ended... Did they leave you with the teaser for the next film? We're not talking about uh, 
an end credit scene or something like that? Like, did they leave the story open-ended? No, it, it kind of ended in a way you would think, okay, the series could be over from there and no more movies. Because they, all the movies, all the, they all end the same way. No, they don't. How do they not end the same way? The, the last few ones have ended the same way. Not really, but okay, go ahead. Okay, how does the last one end? Cypher got away. Cypher got away. No, no, I'm talking about like the the end with the with the hero. No, when the when the when the bad guy gets away, that's an open ended ending. Because they got to still try to catch him. Yeah, I couldn't even tell if that happened or not. So fast eight, fade of the funeral. No, I'm talking about the new one. Well, okay. Well, well, I guess we'll have to see that when when we get there. But all right. So, Surfer illegally watched F nine this weekend. My word. What? Can we not use the I word, please? Listen, there, first of all, you live a clandestine life. Nobody knows, with the exception of one or two people, your real identity on this network. I mean. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that. Uh... You honestly think that somebody's listening to this feed and will track down the silver one based on an audio recording? You never know. I don't believe it. Anyways, so Surfer watched F9 over the weekend because he couldn't control himself. Couldn't go, couldn't watch something else. Had to watch I F9. Did, I did watch something else. I watched, I watched uh, the... Uh, second half of the fifth season of uh, Lucifer. I binged that over the weekend. Okay. A lot of view, watching. A lot of watching this weekend. Okay. Go ahead. Taking notes. Juniper's Legacy. Go ahead. And uh, I tried to watch the movie on um, Prime with uh, Bruce Willis. But the movie just not going nowhere. They, they, they're in outer space and you know, Bruce Willis don't like acting in the first place, so his delivery sometimes can be like uh, I thought he I thought he was getting ready to play John McClane one more time. What happened with that? Maybe he is. But, you know, Bruce Willis is famous for not liking the, not like he doesn't like to act. Speaking of actor, still Go ahead, sir. Go it shows ahead. a lot of times in his movies. It shows that he doesn't like to act. He just he's delivering his lines as with minimum uh, effort. So, um, so speaking of outer space, you know, because we're all, you brought up outer space. You're, you're talking about F nine and uh, Universal wants a uh, Fast and Furious and Jurassic World crossover. Yeah, well, where else they gonna go? I don't know. Next, they're gonna they're gonna team home. up with the Power Rangers. Home, then go home. Do you imagine Toretto in a car with one of the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> different network. I mean, different studio. What was that? 
Jurassic World is NBC, I think, or Universal, yeah. Ninja Turtles Universal? No, Ninja Turtles, I believe, is Paramount. No, but I think the property is owned by by Paramount. We're going to talk about the biggest news to come out of last week. And Terry Silver is back. Yeah, well, let me let me get into that in a second. So, my weekend, long weekend, relaxing weekend. That's all I did. That's all I have to say about that. Um. By the way, I just want to I just want to say one thing about the state of Florida and how people are uh, neckish, for lack of better terms. I, we rented a house in Cape Coral. For those of you that don't know where Cape Coral is, it is about like halfway between Tampa and Miami on the west coast of Florida. And it's somewhat Caucasian. Somewhat. Okay? Somewhat. Somewhat. And I was in a uh, area where it's mostly vacation homes. And I rented a house on the lake. And of course, there's around the lake, there's a whole bunch of other vacation homes. One of the houses on the other side of the lake. Now, if we're talking from me to this, to the other side of the lake is probably two hundred yards, something like that. So not a not a not a not a short distance. So they were having a, a nice little party over there, you know, cranking the the music, and you could tell that they were Hispanic because they were playing Latin music and things like that. I mean, you tell me, are there how many Caucasian uh, parties are there that they're playing reggaeton and and things like that? So that was earlier in the night. And we're sitting out. This is the last night of the, of the trip, by the way. We're sitting out, me and the wife, uh, out on the dock, just taking in uh, some fresh air, like around 11 o'clock. Here comes this boat on the lake. Go moving very slow. Crawling, okay, of how slow it was. Let me see if I can pull this up. I did post this on social media because it was... It was funny, but it was also sad at the same time. <laughs> so, um, I I can't imagine some somebody at eleven o'clock at night getting on a boat, okay, and doing this for a period of thirty minutes or more, okay. You tell me what you hear from this clip. If you can hear it. Now, I don't know. Did, did you guys, were you able to hear that? Nope. No. Not really. Okay. So, this boat is circling the lake. Now, you can hear it in the video. Uh that I posted if you follow me on Instagram. But um, they're going around the lake singing that song. 
and I'm proud to be an American. Da 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 da. On repeat, they they are singing this song. How do you interpret that? That's the Trumpers. And I'm thinking that it has to do with the uh, with the um, with the people that were having the uh, the little party across the across the way. Were the people playing that song Caucasian? Yes. They didn't even know what that was. They had a flag on their boat. I, it was dark, Tony. I couldn't see. I just saw this green dot moving around the lake. You know whose theme song? You know who theme song that? Who made that their theme song? That and YMCA. That's how you know he in town. You hear that sound? That song right there? Or you hear YMCA? Nobody else wants to give them the right to play songs at his rallies. And I don't know what a song about uh, gay men hooking up the YMCA has to do with Trump. He didn't need to just. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like that song. To be an American. 30 minutes on the lake singing this. Thirty minutes. He loves the poorly educated. Unbelievable. Anyways. So I just wait I'm waiting for the indictment so the family can start turning on each other. <laughs> They'll pay each other off. Hmm. Somebody got to do this time. Yeah. Anyways. So, let's get into the other breaking news from the weekend. And this came out on on Thursday morning. Um... And I guess, well, let me, I, there's no, there's no sugarcoating it. Let's just play the 22nd uh, teaser. Man can't stand. He can't fight. Man can't breathe. He can't fight. Man can't see. He can't fight. Extreme situations require extreme measures. That's all it was. What was that for? Terry Silver. Oh, oh my God. For, Co- for season four of Cobra Kai. You have a problem with that, Mr. LaRusso? No. What if somebody <laughs> does something? What are you going to do about it now? Do it. Ow. Come back. Ow. There's no ow in karate or whatever the hell he said. There's no ow in this dojo. I I don't think it's fair for Terry Silver to come back to help. He's coming back to help. Daniel don't want Mr. Mr. Miyagi to come help him. No, he's got 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 Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny's no help. 
So, um, so yeah. They're going to find out they have more in common than they think. Yeah, it took Allie to, to point that out to him. Which is why she dated both of them, probably. Probably. Indeed. So, yeah. Terry Silver is back. Is he bringing what's-his-face with him? Mike Barnes? No. No, not Mike Barnes. Snake? <laughs> that secretary of his? Kiss your mother with that mouth? No, Mike Barnes, so I said. So, what? So, refresh my memory. When does uh, Cobra Kai come back? In the fall. Fall sometime. Jessica Andrews got to come back, too. Hello, Jessica Andrews. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. Listen. Let me see here. Jessica Andrews. Why are you doing Kata? I told you Kata's no good in a, in a tournament. <laughs> here's, here's a little bit. Yeah! What are you wasting your time with Kata for? Didn't I tell you it's useless in a tournament? Yeah, but... Huh? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're right. I'm sorry. All right. I'm over here. Let's get back to learning something that can do some real damage. Rule number three. A man can't see. He can't fight. If you hit him square in the nose, he'll be blinded by his tears and choke on his own blood. Here's something Seamus learned last night. Yeah, when he's close yeah, but that would be face contact. I'd be disqualified. That doesn't help. Well, he out. ran into your fist. Not your fault, right? Right. Huh? Well, he can't continue. That means you win. <laughs> you like that, Mr. Larusso? Yeah, I like that. Good. Give it a shot. Let's try Wait it over here. Over here. Your friend. Reverse punch. when he go, goes and has that terrible uh, his his annual or no his uh, his movie his, his regular traditional terrible dance scene in a movie traditional dance scene yeah his traditional dance scene in a movie Young be no that was the first I can't even remember the song the song oh, yeah. oh wait it was uh, oh, Killer it was Killer Instinct hold on now wait a minute can we stop that for one second <laughs> this chick didn't want anything to do with this guy and his huckleberry friends and called him a white boy which is what he what he exactly what he is but she's white she's Caucasian herself Huckleberry Ray, you get out of my 
I like how Terry Silver offers him a hundred bucks and then pulls the money back. <laughs> what about my fifty bucks? <laughs> Bastard got his nose broken and he got stiffed on top of it. <laughs> so. Anyways, that was great. So we um, we had a little uh, discussion about this, and we came to the conclusion that there's a couple of possibilities of how do you go after this, and we, I'm under the impression that when this show wraps up at whatever year it wraps up in, okay. Something's going to happen to Johnny, and I think Johnny's going to die in the series. Something's going to happen. He dies in a fight. He dies in an accident. He dies somehow. But we also had to think about they can't, you know, stretch Crease along forever. And with Terry Silver, they just can't stretch that, that story forever. So they need a new antagonist. They need a new villain to come in. And that's when I came up with the three most famous letters in television karate. J-D-F. There's not too many men out there that have three first names as their full name. And that's one Jason David Frank. Surfer, do you know who Jason David Frank is? Thank you, Surfer. Tony C., tell the world who Jason David Frank is. Better known to in my world as the Green and White Ranger. That's right. Better known as the Red Ranger as well. That's right. Tommy Oliver from the Power Rangers. And... Uh, did we learn, by the way, that Tommy was adopted in the show? I think. I think we did. I think Tommy. I think he revealed he was adopted. But anyways, so I came up with the uh, this, the plot line, and uh, if any uh, Cobra Kai producers or writers are listening out there, I'll be expecting a stipend in the mail after you hear this because you're going to love the idea. I think he comes in and not as the Green Ranger, despite what Lee says. Uh. <laughs> that uh, he should come in as the, as the new, just the new evil karate instructor of a new, um, a new rival school, but is more badass, more evil than the Cobra Kai ever was. And every time you fight, you gotta say, eat, see, Exactly. Exactly. 
Double A, what about this cut scene right here? The last scene of the move, uh, the season, season four. You talk about Jason David Frank. Uh huh. All you see is this guy, his and his kid son, moving to town with a U-Haul, and then they helping him move in. What's your name, sir? First name, my name's Robin. Last name Balboa. <laughs> Robin Balboa and his son move into town. Oh God! That move. Hey, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Here's some here's some karate noises. There you go. Hold on. Here's. So yeah, or, or double A. At the end, they have a press conference. At the end of the All Valley, Johnny's son just wins. No, they Cobra Kai already won one, so it got to be Miyagi Do or Eagle fan. Yeah. And then all you hear is, "That's a great answer, champ. That's oh, a great answer, champ. Too, this is double fight. <laughs> too many, too many, uh, too many crossovers, but." It would be it would be hilarious, you know, if uh, the announcer at the All Valley, you know, like any representing Miyagi Do and Eagle Fan Karate, here's Miguel Lopez, you know, whatever his name is, and introducing for the first time, and we'll just make up a name here, um, Bill Smith, you know, or some bullshit name like that. Please welcome the challenger and the number one contender for the All-Valley Championship. Please welcome Bill Smith. (laughs) They play his entrance music or some shit like that. Instrumental version, by the way. Uh, No, I think think it would be interesting, though, if, if they got another... Karate personality to come in and just because what are they going to get that kid from uh, No Retreat No Surrender? I mean, give me a break. Um, or I don't want Jean Claude Van Damme to be a part of this show either. By the way, or right. well, no, no Chuck Norris either, or, or I, no Chuck Norris. None of those old fogies. Steven Seagal. No Steven Seagal either. Come on now. He would he would he would be with uh your boy Terry Silver. They'd be better off uh finding the uh the original cast of Mortal Kombat. Right uh, too? Uh huh. Okay. Song your blade. But yeah. Sub Zero. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Man, you know what's going to happen. That girl going to take over. Sam's going to take over that dojo. And Robbie going to take over Cobra Kai. And that's going to be that. And Miguel going to take over Eagle Fang. That's how that works. 
the whole thing continues on so they start having kids and stuff like that. Man. You know. So, so I can work out in all this space but absolutely free. That's your mic. Hey, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait for the fall. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'll find a stream somewhere too. Like Surf yeah. 30 days out. Well, if you mail me a fire stick, I'll hook you up. What'd you do? A uh, what what is this? I forgot what it's called. It's called a um jailbreak. No, it's not even a jailbreak. It's a um there was an app that I use I used to use um Cody? Yeah, that. I have it here uh, on my computer, I believe. Let me see here. I, I can put Cody on there, but there are other things you can use besides Cody. No, I've used Cody. I've used Cody. I've used a few other things before. So, but you got to constantly keep that thing updated. Double mm-hmm. A. Wow. I'm making a proclamation right now. If Mike Barnes ever returns, Chosen has to come back and help Daniel. Because Chosen is probably the only one that's big old trick is Mike Barnes. I guess. They can have a tag team karate match or something. I don't want to see Daniel and Johnny and with Mike Barnes. Because Johnny's a dick, but he ain't as big a dick as Chosen. Paul. But maybe you'll get your wish and... Um... And um, Dutch will uh, will come back. <laughs> now they did that. That'll make my series right there. If Dutch hops out. If Mike Barnes come back, Dutch got to come back. I agree with that. I'll take Dutch. A reformed Dutch. Dutch, <laughs> absolutely. Cause then Bobby, cause Bobby's still on the show, right? He's the preacher. Uh-huh. Then he goes in, and then Dutch gets out and becomes a deacon at Bobby's church. Oh, yeah, that. See, this thing right is No, or Dutch gets out and looks up crease. So would it be appropriate if every character from every movie showed up to watch the tournament? Well, Lee thinks Hillary Swank is going to show up at some point. And Jaden Smith and Jack and James. <laughs> Listen, Jason David Frank and um, and Amy Johnson or Amy Joe Johnson of the Pink Ranger, they showed up in the Power Ranger movie. Sure did. That did happen. Well, they were the most too popular. Power Rangers of all time. Guys, I prefer Kat over. Nah. Well, guys, Amy Joe, because that was the first woman they saw as a kid. I can't. Nobody compares to Kimberly. No, Aisha is the first woman I fell in love. I hear what you're saying. Tommy was supposed to be the cool one. And somehow he 
came back to life after initially dying. Uh, he should have gotten the fight with Janet Jackson braids in her head. And how did she yeah, get all those braids in that head? I always wondered. <laughs> no, they weren't, they weren't in that. They were never in the, the costume except for when the helmets was off. Server. <laughs> I really thought I was out of time. Yeah, the, the costumes morph, don't they? They morph, morph to the body. No. Well, yes, but still. How come Thomas Ponytail never got caught in here? <laughs> but and they ta- and they've taken the helmets off on the show. Like sh- they show you, they show them taking the helmets off. Right, I know that. Wow. They had perfect accuracy. Helmet. But and never and never and never sweaty. By the way, right? Never sweaty in the helmet. What? Walk <laughs> around a person. That's right. They always had to duck off and morph. No, I'm just saying, the costume morphed onto the person. So, of course, it would fit however it needs to fit. Even the ninja costume, the hair always was perfect. And this goes back to my original debate. How come Superman and other superheroes wear their underwear on the outside and the people like the Power Rangers always wore it on the inside? Hold on. Hold on one second, guys. All he needed... Superman always needed a phone booth. They ain't need no phone booth. They just need a clear area. They morph. Morphing time. Feel me? Superman protects his uh, secret identity. Yeah. Couldn't, yeah. Let nobody, couldn't let nobody know he was Clark Kent. And they couldn't let nobody know they were powering. Exactly. Until that brat under the bed found them out. Later became one. Later, later became one. Double A, why did yeah. Ivan Ooze never show up on Fox TV? I don't know. He was a great character. I don't think I don't think he's canon. Like he was just made up for the movie. He was a great character yeah. though. Hit him with some ooze. <laughs> I'm trying to see here. Um that he's got uh he had some great lines uh in the movie. Yeah. yeah let me see here if I can pl- even when he was, uh, when he when he goes up to Zordon, hold on. Elbow. By the way, in that movie, the Zords were horrible too. Pretty fancy schmancy. I guess if you invest your money well over sixty centuries, you can buy something pretty nice. Uh oh. Who are these? You're still picking on creatures smaller than yourself. Ah, oh, put a sock in it, Z. Ten minutes out of the egg, and I'm already listening to one of your lectures. 
You lock me into your stuffy little hyperlock chamber and trust me away in the depths like yesterday's trash. You any idea what it's like to be locked up in a rotten egg for 6,000 years? It's boring. Not to mention I've had a jolly horse since the Renaissance. You won't get away with this, Ooze. You robbed me of my prime. I was the supreme ruler of the most foul empire in the universe. And now it's time to pay the piper. He was excited about that Brady Bunch reunion. Yeah, he was. Why they couldn't use Ninja in the movie? They used some short, bear-looking thing. Then on the show they use on the show they use Ninja. I don't know. I like I'm I'm a stickler for continuity. So am I. But at least that chick that they met up with at the uh, she was okay to look at. I guess <laughs> they could have instead of using Ivan News, they could have used my boy. Oh, Master Vile. Who? Master Vile. Absolutely. I think that that's probably because here's the thing. The movie was based off the season in Japan. Was I mean the characters? Not 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 all the characters. We're talking about the Zords and the powers were based off one of the seasons of Japan, which ultimately crossed over into the U.S. And I think the movie came out while the series in Japan was still going on. Whereas usually the series in Japan airs and then the following year those characters and swords and things like that air in the United States. Um, so I don't think that they had the entire series, the entire run completed in Japan when they did this movie. That's my thinking. Or well, they could have did. Uh, well, no, they had to bring the ninja zords ahead of the time. But you are right that the CGI zords were just terrible. I thought they just did a Hollywood movie had nothing to do with anything coming out of Japan. No, they used the characters out of Japan. The zords and the and the and the and the powers and stuff. A lot of it came from Japan. Then later on in the show, that's yeah, the show they because the they season they they was using the uh, the uh, what they they were using the, the powers uh, the ninja powers in the show. Right. But the yeah. thing that the, the, the oh, thing yeah. what happened was the thing here's what happened in America they ran through the footage of the uh, Thunder Zord era. They ran through that footage. They they burned through it real quick. And the show went on a production hiatus for a while while they did this movie. And while they were able to buy some time for the series in Japan to end. They do the movie, and I don't know, Tony, see if you remember that the only episodes that aired of new Power Rangers episodes that aired, 
during the tail end of the Thunderzord era that there were two three-parters. One was the uh, Green Ranger versus White Ranger episodes. And then there was the one where they did the episode where the Rangers were stuck in that haunted house. I thought it was a theater. Theater, whatever. So there were six episodes. Those episodes were shot in Australia while they were filming the movie so that they could stretch the season out as much as they humanly could. And they basically just rehashed footage and rehashed monsters and things like that. But the movie comes out, they go into production for the ninja season... And by the movie ran it by the time the movie ran its course, they started airing these new episodes, and it was very different. No continuity, no, no nothing. I mean, it's like I don't understand having the voice of. I'll give you a good example. They had the the people that did the voices of Rita Repulsa and Alpha Five which I believe they are the same, I think it's the same person that does it. In, in the show? In the show. Mean? Did the voices in the movie. But the person that does the voice of Lord Zed did not do the, po- the, the, do the voice in the movie. The same with Zordon. The guy that did the voice in the, in the show did not do the voice in the movie. Right. So, but it made, and it made no sense. Zed didn't look like himself. Goldar didn't look like him. Goldar the guy who played the voice of Goldar did voice the the character in the uh, in the, uh, so, in, the mo- in the movie, but um, but like like uh, for example that pig, I believe his name is Morden. In the movie, that is not that's an that's an original movie character. He's not in the uh, he was never in the show in either show. Why? Why couldn't they just bring over Squat and Babu? I like Squat and Babu. The people in Hollywood, they want to do their own thing. Listen, to give a, a, an ancillary character who has six lines in a movie, I think is ridiculous. It, 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 it's like comic book movies back in the day. They already they gave their own touch to the movie when they changed the costumes. Don't Don't screw with anything else. You know, Ivan Ooze was okay to come in and be the, uh, you know, be the be the villain of the movie, but but then on the show, that role went to uh, Rito. No, not because yeah, he destroyed the he, he destroyed the Zords, but he was nowhere near as powerful as oh, no, Ivan Ooze. No, no, no. I meant the way he destroyed, like. One who destroyed the Zord. You know, their powers or whatever. And that's what made no sense to me. Because the show, the show runs circles around that movie. Oh, yeah. The thing about it is, the only reason the movie did what it did is because people were supporting the Power Rangers. Yep. That franchise. If we saw that movie before, like, if we had a chance to see the movie, and we'd be like, what the hell, I ain't going to see this? Oh, man. Oh, 
they can't do nothing like that now where uh, a TV show has like a strong following and then put out a crappy movie. Yeah. yeah at at least as bad as Turbo was, at least there was continuity with Turbo. Right. I didn't. I couldn't stand Turbo. No, neither could I. I hated Turbo. And just because, um, and just because his name was brought up. Goga, seize that intruder! Master, a visitor! Oh boy! Wow. You guys should put up a sign. That last step's a doozy. Rito Revolto! What are you doing here? You know this clutch? Know him? He's my brother! <laughs> How you doing, sis? Rita has a brother? Oh, no. I knew I smelled <laughs> something running. Yep, yep, that'd be me, all right. Hold on, fast forward a little bit here. What in the world is going on? Hey! on that show is great um, and that's and I, we, we've said it a million times that's probably the best one of the best characters on the entire series absolutely she called him by his government name like that one her brother but you know you. but here's as I think as I was watching that okay this is the adult double A thinking now okay who the hell was Master Vile sleeping with to have two different looking children? <laughs> Think about that. You've got you've got a witch who looks like a normal woman, and then you've got a monster that's nothing but bones. Oh man! Well, they had to have two different moms. I think so. There must be stepbrother and sister. I want to see Rita's mom or Cerrito's mom or whatever. Hey, Dad. So, wait a minute. Hey, look, they even have two different last names. Rita Repulsa, Rita Revolto, Master Vile. They're all nasty things. All, but still. What's, uh, what's Master Vile's uh, government first name, you know? Fred? Yeah. Uh, what's what's Lord Zed's government first name? You know, he just wasn't born Lord Zed. Frank. <laughs> Frank. Frank Zed. 
Did uh, did Zed, did Master Vile and Rito ever have an interaction on the show? I think they did. Oh yeah, of course. Hi, Dad. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me see here. Let me, let me see. Master Vile was the worst father-in-law in the history, yo. Father-in-law in television history. Oh, wait, here we go. I think I got it. Don't forget the again. <gasps> Who dares announced? Who dares to ask a question of me, Master Vile? Oh. Master who? Zeddy? What? Rita, you know this intruder? Me, Master Vile, my father. <laughs> you heard that? Hi, Dad. <laughs> oh man, that was a classic one. Oh man, he was giving Rito orders. Rito was thinking. Mm-hmm. I love that part. That portion of Power Rangers. That was the. That probably was the was the best. Yeah, that is the best season, I think. And then at the end, when the um, Machine King come, they had it there for sales. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna. Waking me from my nap. All right, here we go, here we go. Hold on. Is that my destiny daughter calling? Oh, yes, Daddy Venus, and they have a little favor to ask. What is that horrible sound in the background? Oh, the Machina Empire is invading. King Mondo and Queen Machina, they are the only creatures in the galaxy more evil than myself. They destroy everything they touch. Which brings me to my question. We're out of here and I need a place to crash. I suppose you'll be bringing that husband of yours. Well, all right. I'll leave a skeleton key underneath the mat. Just don't wake me when you get in. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't mean it. Not daddy dearest. Mean it. So as. Uh, wait a minute. I love when, when Rita told Zed when they were, where they were going. Hold on. From the Machine King, we have no place to escape to! Lord Zed is correct. Serpentera has a limited energy supply. We must plot our course carefully or risk running out of fuel and drifting off into oblivion. Whatever oblivion is, it's gotta be better than this! <laughs> Let's figure out where we're going! I just hope we can locate a place real soon. Yes. <laughs> Refuse to move in with your father. There we go. 
But yeah, that was funny when they had the for sale sign up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that party. That's why I had that party with all the monsters there. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, that's too funny. So, um, so yeah. We're going to see how Terry Silver does on uh, Cobra Kai Season 4. It's definitely going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. And the reason why they're going to be able to run this show as long as they want to because of people like us Mm -hmm. and Lee surface somewhat. And then they do a binge they do a binge drop of it. So it's not like you know what I'm saying? It's one episode they gotta wait another week. They just say the hell with it. And that's why I love it. That's one thing I love about Netflix shows against like Amazon shows and stuff. Yeah. Netflix will do a full season drop and just be like the hell with it. Let it go. And that weekend that it drops, it's going to be, business is going to pick up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Power Rangers, shout out to uh, Kofi Kingston and, uh, and, um, Xavier Woods for sporting the green and white ranger gear last night on Monday Night Raw. They did that. It was very good. Of course, uh, I believe Kofi has once said that the Green Ranger is the greatest uh, greatest superhero of all time. He has a, uh, a shrine to the Green Ranger at his home, I believe. So, Green Ranger not even a bit, the the best Power Ranger of all time. I it's think that's what he said. He's a He has a Green Ranger helmet and everything. I wish I could yeah. find... Uh, let me see, because uh, uh, with the exception of, uh, I think he collects sneakers and Power Rangers. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Kingston, home. Let me see here. Uh, Kofi's cave. So here we go. Hold on. The dragon sword was defeated by the Megazord. Hold on. If I can remember correctly. Hood from the Doctor Doom mask. Oh, yeah. You saw the thousandth episode of Raw. You saw Undertaker come back and he had something very similar to Doctor Doom. Something to ponder. Some real life superheroes touched down Tom Brady's autograph. Doug Flutie, Heisman winner. Now this is crazy. I got this helmet in I almost positive you said it. Goat horns. They're like some Afghani coins. And then like a chain mail in the back. WWE goes overseas. We've been doing it for the past nine or ten years now. And well, he I, had, I know he has a Green Ranger thing, but... Sword. This is a sword from the movie Blade. The surprise in the back is like a mini dagger. Allegedly, uh, Ray Mysterio has a, has a sword collection too. I'd be hard pressed to say that he had a sword quite as cool as Hattori Hanzo, signed by Bill, aka David Carradine. The lightsabers. Luke, I am your father. Roger Gryffindor from Harry Potter. This is actually from the video game Halo. So basically, in the game, it's like a beam of just 
it's almost like a lightsaber from Final Fantasy 7 and it is so big and so heavy that you have to carry it with two hands and I haven't found a way to display it on the wall yet. Thundercat sword, sight beyond sight, son. And last sword, the Braveheart sword. This they'll never take our freedom. My best. Well, I know that he has Green Ranger stuff. That I know. But anyways. Alright. So, let's get into uh, wrestling. Okay. Was a interesting weekend in the world of wrestling. I guess we'll talk about uh, Jimmy Smith and his debut as the new lead announcer on Monday Night Raw last night. Um, overall, the feedback for Smith's debut positive. Anything was going to be an improvement for Adnan Verk. Ah, damn. Double A was not feeling Adnan Verk. No, I was not. Not a, I, I, I'm not, not the only one, okay? So don't, uh, don't, uh, don't pin all that on me, but, uh, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see here. Of just big news stories. Um, Mark Henry. Yeah, Mark. And I'm going to get to the Mark Henry story in a second. Um, I think there was some more. Um, of course, Willie Urbina was shown the door after he made fun of Ikaro Shida on Dynamite on Friday and her accent, her oriental accent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did say the word oriental. You did say that. But I want to play something here that I find to be absolutely offensive. Okay? Not the word oriental. It's offensive, but... You know, we're here. You do more Orientals out of context. Out of context, excuse me. So, I want to play something that uh, All Elite Wrestling aired or released to the internets uh, this past this past week. Okay. It was announced last week that uh, WWE is currently trying to uh, establish a working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they've been working on this for quite some time. And that's being facilitated by uh, WWE President Nick Khan, okay? Who's been trying to, who's been trying to facilitate this, this agreement. After that news was was announced, AEW releases this video of Tony Schiavone and AEW owner Nick Khan. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Tony Khan. Set to go live on TNT tonight with AEW Dynamite at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. I introduce to you the CEO, the owner, the president of All Elite Wrestling and the... By the way, he's got three big titles for being just the guy that signs the paychecks. Mr. Tony Cole. Oh, Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate it, Mr. Shivani. And as we get ready to go live tonight on Dynamite on TNT, I just wanted to address, as the Forbidden Door, 
I read in the Observer today that New Japan Pro Wrestling apparently has had talks with WWE's president, Nick Khan. Well, Nick, I have to say, if you've been talking to New Japan Pro Wrestling for two months, you've gotten a lot done. Just in the last two weeks, I've had Yuji Nagata, Ren Narita, and Rocky Romero on AEW. I've reunited Rapungi Vice. I've had the New Japan IWGP US Champion John Moxley defend the title successfully on our show, retaining it. And I have future plans with New Japan Pro Wrestling for the US title. So you must have really gotten a lot done in the two months, Nick. In fact, I think there's only room for one Khan in the wrestling business, Nick. And it's me, it's Tony Khan. It's not some con man from Connecticut. Have a fun show tonight, Nick. See you on Dynamite. Shots fired. Uh, it's not shots fired, number one. Um, he is showing his ass to a worldwide audience. I... Why is he... Why? First of all, why is he reading the dirt sheets and going with what the what the dirt sheets say I'm, I'm not saying that the dirt that the wrestling observer you know was wrong in the reporting for you know this new japan story but what's their what's tony khan's reasoning for wanting to cut a promo on the wwe so what does he think he's the only wrestling promotion that that is? He's now believing that he's the only wrestling promotion allowed to have a working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling or any other wrestling promotion that's out there. Because if WWE went to Impact Wrestling and said we want a working relationship, what is he going to do? Throw a tantrum and throw a fit and be like, "You're just copying us. You're just doing this. You're just doing that." My guess is because both guys have the same last name. It has nothing to do with I know. I get that. But it's (laughs) it's ridiculous to think. You know, and Jim Cornette, I guess, had words about this. I have not heard Jim Cornette's words about this, but let's uh, let's take this uh, to the Jim Cornette experience from, uh, I believe it was this past Thursday. The other con, the smaller con, reacted overreacted highly to this news. Did you see the promo that Tony Khan did with Tony Schiavone? Well, you're referring to this promo that is just, uh, as we're recording, yesterday went up. Now, we've seen these Tony Khan promos with Tony Schiavone from Impact. Because remember when we said, see, he's an on-air character. People said, no, not on AEW, on Impact. He's an on-air character. He's doing these little commercials. This time it was not on Impact. It was just put out there for everyone for, to me, no good reason. But what well, it, it, it was on the AEW Twitter uh, account that they they put it out there because it, it was not on the television program, at least. Although with some of the other things they had on this program, I don't know. They could have included this, too. It wouldn't have been any worse. But there is... T- and. Read the comments on anything that you see. There's Tony Schiavone standing there looking halfway professional and also having about 40 or 50 pounds on old Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's got his arms crossed and he's energetic 
let's say, he's very amped up, and he sounds like a kid in his basement offended because someone raided his fantasy league of some of its play wrestlers, and he says, I read in the Observer this morning, I mean, I'm just imagining Vince McMahon or even Nick Khan or any responsible grown adult wrestling promoter ever doing this promo. But he read in the Observer that there was New Japan's talking with the WWE. Well, he's the forbidden door. He's had all this. He's responsible for everything. What have you done, uh, WWE, Nick Khan? I just had Yuji Nagata on my TV program, and I reunited the fucking Hassenpfeffer kids or the Katzenjammer kids or whoever he was talking about. I don't fucking know. And rattling off all the things that he's had to do with New Japan. It was me, me, I did this. It sounded like that fucking Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck cartoon where it belongs to me, 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 me. It's not yours, it's mine. And he's... He's unhinged. And he's... And then proceeded to finish up by calling Nick Khan a con man from Connecticut. If I was these guys and I knew that, okay, Nick Khan, he doesn't know anything about the wrestling business. He hadn't been involved in the wrestling business. He's got no preconceived hatred or notions for anybody. So let's just needle him and piss him off. What fucking morons. They couldn't stand up to one of Nick Khan's farts if he would have fart in their general direction as a wrestling company. And they're going to try to piss this guy off. But it just, it's embarrassing. This guy is supposed to be the boss. And I tweeted this, and I say it here, verbally. It sounded like a kid doing a promo from his basement talking about his wrestling figures. And it's embarrassing that this is the fucking guy that's supposed to be the boss, although he's bossing no one which is why this thing is such a shambles, because everybody's doing what they want. But holy Christ. I, If I was him and I was in that in love with that New Japan deal, I'd keep my head down, because Nick Khan, if he wanted to, if this guy's a guy who even bothers to listen to Tony Khan or anybody in AEW and they pissed him off, he could make a deal with New Japan tomorrow if he wanted to, that they would say shove it and fuck you to every other company in America so I wouldn't encourage that I'd just tootle along my merry way if I was Tony Khan there you go I don't know I think it's ridiculous always better and mean he never says anything nice to anybody or anything he's always complaining I think I think Cornette, I, I think the 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 general consensus here is that you know that this was not not a good promo. I, I, it was it really was a very Mark esque promo. I mean, he's a Mark, but it was very Mark esque. And, um, but whatever. 
Um, I just called I just called the CEO, the president, the owner of a wrestling promotion, a mark. Um, yeah, it is, um, it's sad the way he's behaving, to be honest with you, but whatever. Now on to the other story that AEW, they had their pay-per-view on Sunday, full house. They had a full house for dynamite and they had a full house for, uh, uh, for double or nothing on, on Sunday. And, um. Kenny Loggins and um, Gladys Knight, did they play that song? No, they did not. The big big shocker, now I did not watch the pay-per-view, so I'm not going to critique the pay-per-view. Just two little factoids that I'm going to go with. Let's start with Mark Henry. It was announced that Mark Henry will be a color commentator on Rampage when it debuts on August uh, 13th. Now, Mark Henry, he's like the only wrestler that's ever only been with the WWE, right? Right. He didn't go to no... He didn't go anywhere else. Yeah, he didn't do no Ohio Valley. Well, he did go to he did he was in OVW, but that was under the you know supervision of the WWE because Ohio Valley Wrestling he, was he a. Came up or after he came up, and they sent him back after, down. They sent him to OVW after. After he came up, yeah. After so he was, came up, yeah. Okay, so basically, he's only ever been WWE. So he's gonna he's he he went he. Somebody put a tweet out there. I forgot who it was, so I apologize. But somebody put it out there. You know, it, it was great to see how AEW is signing all of these uh, people that showed up on Raw's, Raw Legends Night at the beginning of the year. Hmm. Big show. Okay. His buddy Mark Henry. His buddy Mark Henry. By the way, these are all people that had an interaction with Randy Orton that night. Um, I thought, I could have sworn that Mark Henry had a 20-year deal with the WWE. Now, it's possible those 20 years have passed. Huh? Wouldn't that be up by now? No, we're talking about he had a 20-year deal from, like, 2004 or five. you know. Um, you know, why are they signing all these WWE guys? Not, you know, I don't care, to be honest. I mean... Mark Henry surprises me a little bit because he was a WWE stalwart and he's not a he's not a Hall of Famer or a household name without the WWE. So, um, I just wonder 
what? And I mean, with the with the t with the the the, the teasers of you know possibly Big Show's going to wrestle. Who knows now if Mark Henry will wrestle? Um, yeah. And Cody Rhodes, uh, just more and more is starting to believe that he's the American dream. Well, people criticized him because of his costume. Yeah, because he looked like Homelander from um, the from the boys, and Homelander is a villain. Cody Rhodes—he reads too much of his own clippings, as I once told everybody. He on his Goldberg stick right now. Uh, I don't even know if Goldberg was this. Uh... Oh hell yeah! No, because Cody is way out there. He's not at he's not at the level of the Ultimate Warrior, but uh speaking of the yeah, Ultimate yeah, I'll talk about the Ultimate Warrior also in a second, but um He's he's pretty bad. <laughs> Cody's up there. Um and then the only other thing was the stadium stampede match that took place that was partially taped and partially live in the arena and apparently the inner circle won with the assistance of uh, Urban Meyer I heard Meyer so so yeah was was a very unique night in Jacksonville on Sunday so I don't know let me, let me see here if we can. Uh, let me see here if we can. Uh, they were wrestling in. in Tim Tebow gonna get involved in next match. Listen to this. Here we go. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And there, this is, uh, there's no commentary going on here, but. There's Urban Meyer. He grabbed a, a laptop, handed it to Chris Jericho, and he hit uh, MJF with uh, with the laptop. <laughs> Good job with the commentary, by the way. You guys didn't talk shit during that whole scene. TNT and a rampage. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry. He is a Hall of Famer, and what a gift he will be to AEW. The fans are standing, a standing ovation. He's a Hall of Famer. What Hall of Famer? He's in the WWE Hall of Fame. I know. Oh. Well, yeah, which Hall of Fame? Yeah. It's like somebody said, he he works at a company. <laughs> exactly. He was a pro wrestler <laughs> somewhere. What company was he a pro wrestler at? Right. No, yeah, but that's not the... Where the Hall of Fame was in any sport, once you get in... You got the right to be called a Hall of Famer, Surfer. You been a baseball surfer, game. Surfer, surfer, surfer. Let me, let me, let me, let me stop you. Let me stop you for one second, Surfer. 
<laughs> in wrestling, there are several Hall of Fames. Okay, right. you could be a you could be a member of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. You could be a member of the National Wrestling Alliance Hall of Fame. There is the Cauliflower Alley Club, which is also a Hall of Fame. I believe there's the uh, pro the General Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. There is the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. There's a few members of the WCW Hall of Fame. Uh, there's also an Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, believe it or not. Okay. These are all Hall of Famers and multiple people, okay? Multiple people. One of those people being Jim Ross, okay? Well, to give, to give you an example. On his resume, does not say he is a Hall of Famer. It says he is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, the NWA Hall of Fame, the X, Y, and Z Hall of Fame, whatever the case may be. That's what his resume says. If he if he wants to be, you know, introduced as the Hall of Famer, then that's how you get the, you get the right to get introduced as the Hall of Famer. Let's see. Here we go. He has received this is this is Jr.'s accomplishments. Okay, he is a 2010 Art Abrams Lifetime Achievement Award recipient from the Cauliflower Alley Club. He is also a recipient a recipient of the 2011 Luthez Award for the uh, George uh, Tragos Luthez Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's a member of the NWA Hall of Fame class of 2016. He is a recipient, a 2002 recipient of the Stanley Weston Award for the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. He is a member of the 2007 WWE Hall of Fame, and uh, he's also a member of the 1999 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. So he is a member of one, two, three, four, five Hall of Fames, and they are all listed on his resume. Mark Henry is a member of the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame. That's it. That's it. So, just saying. Just saying. Oh, boy. Excuse me. He's also he had. Uh, let me take that back. He is uh, he is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, but he's also uh, he he has the Frank Gotch Award from the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2021, and he also won the Iron Mike Mazurki um, uh, Award in wow. 2019. Mike Mazurki, not Mike McGurk. Mike Mazurki. He's also a Hall of Famer. He's he's in the he's he's in the Sports Hall of Fame for weightlifting, but that's not pro wrestling. So, and isn't the world's? I mean, I guess the world's strongest man wouldn't be gimmick infringement, would it? Well, they, they said it though, but I don't believe it's because it's a uh, it's such a uh, generic title. Especially since there's been other world's strongest men in since Mark Henry was yeah. labeled that. Now, doubt he's still the strongest man in the world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Good for Mark Henry, but I don't know how I feel about all this AEW stuff. And the and the audience is just eating it eating it up, by the way. Coming TNA light, ain't oh. They are gobbling it up like crazy. Now, I want to talk about something else. Did you or did you not watch the Dark Side of the Ring of the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. Tony C. I was a little disappointed. It was rushed. That story could have very easily been a two-hour episode. While the AEW version was very powder puff, the Dark Side of the Ring version was... Or A&E, sorry. A&E was very soft and powderish and, you know, placated to the uh, soft WWE side. The Dark Side of the Ring version was dark, it was gritty, but they essentially told the same story. But I was... They just told it in a diff, from a different point of view. And I don't know how I feel about that. Surfer, what did you think? Well, I thought that the Dark Side of the Ring one was more interesting, but um, I didn't finish watching the AME one, but I want to know, did they interview his current wife in, in, that, in that one? In the A&E in the a- a- one. They never talked to his current wife. Because she didn't want to take part of it. She's a WWE employee, and they tend not to talk to WWE employees. Oh, okay. A-M-E. I just wish I could have heard him give motivational speeches when he was still alive. That would have been that would have been thrilling. Oh. Why? So that you could hear him talk about, as he put it, queering. Happy Happy uh, Pride Month, by the way. Yeah, you know, I wanted to hear his conservative views on on queering. Things. A man that 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 distrusty. Can we, can we play that? Hold on. Let me let me play some. Uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of uh, of it. This woman, her his first wife, she really did not put him down. Hold on. Let me let me load this up here. They interviewed Jake Roberts. Boy, did Jake Roberts not have nice things to say about him. Jake Roberts uh, hates the man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, yeah, he hates him. But let's uh, let's. What was that? He hates the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, he he hates the Ultimate Warrior. I'll play a little bit of of why he hates it here. But this is uh, leading up. This is uh, the story of, I guess, going up to WrestleMania six. It was in the Sky Dome in Toronto, one of the great North American cities for wrestling. 
Besides Hulk Hogan, The Ultimate Warrior was the biggest box office attraction in wrestling. He found out a few months before that he was going to be taking Hulk's spot, and it was the greatest joy of his life. He just thought, wow, this is going to be amazing, and he was very pumped about it. And then it came, and WrestleMania 6 was there. He was the most nervous I've ever seen in my entire life. He had severe anxiety. I literally could physically feel the match. Like I was like feeling it, you know? I mean, it was just the emotion of it, the excitement in the arena. I've just never felt anything like that. felt that six or seven years of Hulk Hogan steadily on top was enough. He didn't want to get stale. He thought that the warrior was ready to take him. Hogan had been on a breakneck schedule. He was tired, he was beat down, and he was ready to take a break. And so Vince made the decision to pass the torch. It's the only time in that decade run with the WWF that Hulk Hogan actually legitimately got beaten, pinned one, two, three in the ring by an opponent, and it was the Ultimate Warrior. Here comes the, uh, I'm going to skip ahead here and see if we have the, uh, looked at page one and page two. Hold on, I'm going to skip ahead here. Night at 11. To the Jake Roberts story. A couple of times. What? Here we go. Yeah. By 1991, Jim Helwig's nine-year marriage to Sherry comes to an end. And to make matters worse, he loses the WWF Championship. Feeling betrayed, his relationship with his boss, Vince McMahon, begins to deteriorate. I was in Orlando... And Vince came to me and said, we want to put you and Warrior together and give you your championship run. 
which I had been waiting for for years. But before we can put you and Warrior together, you need to go and get the okay from him. What? What do you, what do you mean? You're the effing boss, man. He goes, Jake, it's, it's just the way we have to do these things. So I went to his private dressing room and knocked on the door a couple of times. What? Come in. So I came in and, and he got right in my face and said, let me tell you something. I don't care anything about your family. I don't care anything about you. I don't care anything about wrestling. I just want to do my shit. Here's the deal. You better not miss a show. Because if you miss a show, you're messing with my money. And if you mess with my money, I'm going to get you. End of story. Get out. I walked out and I was in shock. For this jackass to come to me like that was like pissing in my mouth. But I had to do it if I wanted that championship run. After SummerSlam, it'll be me and Warrior. Head to head. Making more money than I ever thought I'd make. Plans for Jake the Snake Roberts would soon be derailed as tensions between McMahon and Hellwig begin to boil over. Desperate to remain at the top of the card, Jim plans a drastic move. At this point, he moved into his home that he bought in Arizona. He decided he wanted to live the big life, so he bought himself a million-dollar mansion, Scottsdale. He called me up because of our history, and he needed somebody that he could trust, somebody that he could talk to. He wanted me to come out. He had decided in his mind, in his paranoid mind, that he wanted everything that Hulk had. He wanted the same money. He wanted the same cut of the merchandising. He wanted it all. So he's like, I'm gonna give, you know, Vince this letter, and if he fires me, he fires me. I was like, you can't do this. Like, you can't hold up TV. And he's like, well, I've lost my whole life, and I feel like I deserve what he has. And at that point, there's absolutely no getting through to him. And I knew that this was going to end really bad for him. Leading up to the SummerSlam pay-per-view in 1991, with 20,000 fans in attendance and millions more watching at home, Jim delivers a letter to Vince laying out a list of demands. He threatens that unless he is treated creatively and financially in line with Hulk Hogan, he would refuse to show up. His relationship with Vince is the most complicated thing. He loved Vince. And I think that he looked at him as kind of like a father figure in a way. I actually believe that a lot of it was he just wanted more attention from him. And anytime he asked Vince for something, Vince gave it to him. You know, I want my own locker room. I wanted a limousine all the time. I want the Learjets. I mean, he just, he wanted it all. And I think at that point, Vince had grown tired and weary of the demands. And it came to the point where, I mean, what do you do? It's a business and you don't hold up a show. Vince is infuriated, but he has one rule. Get the match in the ring at all costs. Vince temporarily placates Warriors' demands but he has no intention of honoring them after the event. I was there at SummerSlam, man. It was in Madison Square Garden. I'm so amped up. Man, I'm going to start making thousands and thousands of dollars every time I'm going to do that curve. 
I was standing next to Vince when Warrior came out of the ring. And Vince put his hand out and stopped and he goes, by the way, you're fired. Now get the out of my building. And Vince looked at me and he goes, you got the worst luck of any human being I've ever met. To say that I wanted to kill that son of a bitch would be putting it lightly. I carried that anger for years. This is the letter from Vince McMahon to the Warrior. Dear Jim, as you know, on September 23rd, 1987, you signed a booking contract with Titan Sports. At the time you signed the contract, you were a relatively obscure wrestler with an enthusiastic, professed desire to succeed. Unfortunately, it now appears the fame that you have obtained through the efforts of Titan Sports has gone to your head. Frankly, you've become impossible to work with. You have become a legend in your own mind. You are certainly entitled to your opinion. However, you are not entitled to vent your feelings by breaching and threatening to breach your contract. This was a serious mistake on your part. Jim's greatest downfall of all time was his inability to see things from somebody else's perspective. He just always thought that his way was the right way. There you go. But Oswald won that bag. He brought him back less than a year later. He brought him That's back. He brought him back, and then he fired him when he started no-showing the events. But when Vince brought him back a third yeah. time, the thing was, he would have eventually got Hogan's money had he just, you know, did what he was going to do and kept, you know, eventually you get popular enough that they have to give you that kind of money. Yeah. But Warrior was never going to be at that level of Hogan. No. We don't know that for sure. We know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, we do. He was never going to be champion for four years. He was never uh, going to be in the, in the movies like Hogan. He was, that, those things never happened. They haven't, the only other person that has had the same level of fame as Hulk Hogan, and we're talking about... Fame. Okay, we are talking about fame as a wrestler. And what he does outside the ring is John Cena. Now, yes, you could you could you could say what you will about The Rock and you could say what you want about Stone Cold Steve Austin. However, The Rock did not have the wrestling career that Hulk Hogan had, and neither did Stone Cold. John Cena did. How many years was John Cena on top? Ten? At least uh, ten years. Oh five to about what? Fifteen. Well, uh, not until that night he lost to Brock. So that's what fourteen. Fourteen, thirteen, oh, five, fourteen, fourteen, something like that. So, yeah. so yeah, we we're talking close to ten years. Hogan was on top from eighty four through. 90, what, 98? Star Starcade. Starcade 97. You know, so, I mean, 90. he was on top for a little I, bit I more than so, John Cena. Just a little bit more. So, well, might not have the longevity, but his peak was probably the highest of any of them. His peak, yes, and he probably made the most, 
but the run, the two, the two biggest runs in the industry were Hogan and John Cena. Without question. In the modern era. No, we're talking about in in, in all eras. Ever. Ever. No, we are talking about we are talking about ever in wrestling. Say what you will about say what you will about Bruno and, and everybody that came before Hogan and the people that have come after and this and that. The the two biggest runs in pro wrestling history were Hulk Hogan and John Cena. And it, it it would be very difficult for somebody to debate me on that. Long as sustained sustained runs. Sustained runs, exactly. Eighty four to ninety seven and then what oh five oh four even even oh four late oh four to two thousand fifteen. They're not too far off. The only difference is that maybe John Cena made a little bit more money than Hogan did because of inflation. But other than that, Hogan's best year in wrestling, probably he made 4 or $5 million a year. We know that John Cena was clearing, you know, around 5 or $6 million a year just in merchandise. So... It was a different type of money. It was a different type of money. Hogan's money was all money that he drew. Right. Okay? Hogan's money, Hogan's, the majority of Hogan's money, yeah, he got merchandise money, but I don't think he got, he didn't get a fraction of the merchandise money that John Cena got. And that's because, and that's only because he got, he, exactly, he got more of the gate than John Cena did. Uh, you know, which goes to show you, which goes to show you that yeah, it's a, it was that, a different know. era, but the, the that that'll that'll tell you who had the bigger drawing power because yeah, they don't pay based on the gate anymore. I don't think WWE does any, you know, payment structuring based on the draw anymore. I don't think they do, and I, I to be honest with you, I don't think there's too many mainstream wrestling promotions that pay based on the gate anymore. Because you can't, in WWE's case, the gate, especially the last few years, the gate had been terrible. TV tapings were down. We're talking all wrestling promotions, not WWE. People were not attending AEW Dynamite tapings. And and it just, so I don't think people are getting paid by the gate. They are getting salaries and that leaves with just merchandise, and I think if you were to take Hogan's gate money out, John Cena trounced Hogan in the merchandise department. Because Hogan got merchandising, but he got the early merchandise money, which was not refined then. So, so yeah. But yeah. But he sold a lot of merch, though. He did sell a lot of merch. That part I'm not going to debate you with. John Cena, though, probably has... I don't know, Double A, that NWO merch. Yeah but, mm. yeah, but he didn't get... He probably didn't get a fraction... Yeah, that was more of... Yeah, he was on the gate side. He was on the gate side, because... But also, you got to remember, the NWO merchandise 
didn't necessarily go to Hogan. It went to WCW, except for the Hollywood Rules. That's why that's why Hogan started wearing that shirt because the NWO the NWO merchandise probably had to be distributed. Yeah, were they doing sales then? That all right? We sell your shirt, you get a cut. Merchandise deals have been in place since the eighties. I remember. I remember. There's a uh, Legends of Wrestling um, up there on the. on what was the WWE Network, which I guess will will eventually make it to Peacock, but there's a Legends of Wrestling episode um, that one of the people uh, on the panel that week was uh, Kevin Nash and James J. Dillon, and James J. J. Dillon was explaining the pay structure during Kevin Nash's run as the World Wrestling Federation champion. 1994. 1994-95. And he goes, Kevin goes, um, I think they were talking about outdoor shows or something like that. I think that was the main topic. Either that or they were talking about the NWO. May have been the NWO because I think if I remember correctly, he was talking about his, his salary in WCW. He goes in WCW. You signed your deal, and they told you you were getting five hundred grand for the year. In WWE, you did not know if you were going to have a good year until you got your WrestleMania payoff. Yep. And he said, um, and then JJ goes and Kevin, if you remember, you know. Um, how things are in WCW, the pay-per-view money went to Turner Broadcasting and WCW didn't see any dime, didn't see a a single dime from any of the pay-per-views that were sold except, you know, the WWE, all their pay-per-view sales went to them, you know, directly and that the WWE was never going to go out of business because they had a strong pay-per-view business. But then he goes into he goes into further detail of how the wrestlers used to get paid. He goes, "You would get your salary paycheck, okay, once a month or whatever the however often they got paid. You would get your salary paycheck with a printout of all your merchandise that you sold, and at the very end was the big fat check of of your royalties. And it says that was the paycheck everybody was waiting for was their royalty checks." And it says in WCW, there was no royalty checks. Yeah, they got a little bit of the merchandise money, but they were not getting paid the royalty checks that they were getting in the WWE. If they got if they got a hundred thousand dollars in royalties in the WWE, they probably were getting about twenty five thousand in WCW, and that's why their salaries were so high to make up for the loss in the royalties. Except for Hogan. Mm. And Kevin Nash also talked about how part of part of his deal was. Hold on, what? Uh, I don't know. Not too much. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll get her. I gotta go pick up a cookie after I'm doing the show here. Hold on. 
Somebody's going Uh-oh. good night. That's why. <laughs> Anyways, no. So Kevin Nash was talking about how, um, out when he signed his contract with WCW, he put what is known as a favorite nations clause. You know what a favorite nations clause is? Nope. I'll tell you what a favorite nations clause. A favorite nations clause is you sign your contract at this amount, $200,000. If you bring anybody in and you give them 225 or you give them 250 or you oh, yeah, yeah, give them more that yeah. you get you get what they get the minute they sign their deal automatically so that nobody can make more than you Big Show said that on on, on somewhere yeah I know he, I, that was one of Big Show's biggest grievances yeah the rise and fall of WCW yeah so uh <laughs> So yeah, um, but yeah, no. Uh, Warriors lost his goddamn mind. If he thought he was ever going to make the money that Hogan was making, it was never going to happen, ever. Never, never, I'm ever gonna was going to happen. I'm going to say this, and people might not agree, but I'm going to say it in the goddamn way. That WrestleMania Five main event was bigger than the WrestleMania Six one. Between uh, Macho Man and Hogan? Absolutely. Absolutely. In terms of story, you might be right. Right. In terms of story, you might be right. In terms of hype... Hogan was just too baby-faced. In terms of hype and popularity, the Ultimate Warrior and Hogan was the bigger match. Also, you knew going in, Hogan was going to beat uh, Savage. But it shocked everybody when Austin Roy went over on Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Uh, now, I'm going to tell Clean. Yeah, clean. Clean. That was another thing. It was clean. I mean, um, who you really call it clean? Because as soon as the man hit three, he kicked out. Yeah, it's clean. Still. There was no interference. There was no shenanigans. But what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, when he lost, you he lost. Start clean. That's clean. Maybe in your eyes, I didn't. I didn't see it. No, everybody's eyes. Hogan no so Hogan no so that finish. Man, he he three. He, now look, he, maybe, maybe one day we'll find out that Hogan was supposed to kick out and, and he just did it too late. They said, oh, well, we'll just go with uh, the Warrior being champion. But, no, it's a clean finish. No interference. When he lost, he didn't lay there. And get pinned. He got pinned, and he got right up. He damn knew about the whole. Okay, that, that, that does not make a, a non-clean finish. And like Hogan said, after he lost, people was looking at him walk away versus the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out of, out of the fact that Hogan lost. No, sir. People more interested in Hogan than it was Warrior. 
they gave him the ball a little too soon. I remember people was excited that the Ultimate Warrior won. Well, maybe outside. But we talking about in the arena. If you go back and watch that match, and it's true to this day, people are watching him leave versus the Ultimate Warrior celebrate. That's a fact. I mean, Edge talks about how he got tickets to WrestleMania 6 because he wanted to see Hulk Hogan defeat the Ultimate Warrior. Right. So. Um, but yeah. But the, he, the thing that depressed me the most about this whole thing between the two documentaries, neither one talked about that abysmal Papa Shango angle? No. That they didn't even bring up. And actually, apparently, uh, the Godfather on the latest Broken Skull Sessions talks about re- almost bringing back Papa Shango. Um, neither documentary talked about that abysmal three month stint in WCW. <laughs> yeah. Did they talk? Did they talk about the WrestleMania match with Triple H? Yes, they did. Let me play you the audio. Feeling powerless, Jim makes a bold move to regain control of his life and the character he left behind. Warrior's run with the WWF came to an end in 1992, and Warrior went home and changed his legal name to Warrior because they owned Ultimate Warrior, and they were mad at each other for several years. The Warrior became Warrior, not the Warrior. Not Jim the Warrior, Pelwick. He he changed his name legally to Warrior. You know, I changed my name because they were saying, look, whatever you did for the last 15 years, we own it. You can't even refer to it. So I started using my character that I spent all those years developing, creating an entrepreneurial project. Why do you think he legally changed his name to Warrior? This is just my opinion because I was not his wife then. He had to reinvent himself. You have to make a living. You have to have a career. You know, he built the character, and he just felt like that that's probably what he was going to have to do. By 1996, Hulk Hogan and other WWF wrestlers have jumped ship to their arch competitor, WCW. In order to recapture WWF's former success, Vince decides to approach Warrior for a second chance. Along with members of his executive team, Vince flies to Warrior's new home in Arizona to make amends. During this talk and during this lunch, all the Warrior talked about was his concepts and his visions and his ideas for spreading destrucity. You're probably wondering out there in TV land, what the f*** is destrucity? Destrucity was the truth in between destiny and reality where you could stay true to yourself while achieving your goals because he thought in his demented mind he was going to be some kind of motivational person for children and beleaguered people across America. As I got on with the entrepreneurial projects and started thinking about public speaking, got interested in reading and writing, Ultimate Warrior always represented like a true-to-life superhero comic book character. So I wrote the story around this graphically created Ultimate Warrior comic book character. 
So now he wants to be a motivational speaker. He wants comic books. And look, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff if you're qualified for, to do it. This is time in my life I could never get back. It was a total waste of a trip. Although his staff has major apprehensions, McMahon takes a risk by hiring Warrior once again, and his big return is scheduled for WrestleMania 12. Warrior's opponent is rising star Hunter Hearst Helmsley, better known today as Triple H. He basically sold nothing. Hunter Reed coming right about. Yeah! It's over! <laughs> Took Triple H's finish and stood right back up and looked at him. Beat him up and beat him in a minute and a half. Flat. Just trashed him. Just destroyed him. Because he was the warrior. He was the most important thing in the world. The pop was huge. But only for a few weeks. When the 1996 WWF fan saw the guy that he remembered as being the big star from 1990, well, he wasn't as good as I remember him things had changed. He was not going to sell lots of merchandise. This truth was not going to become a household word. The comic book was not going to be on all the shelves. Things were not going to be going his way. And so Vince made the decision, we don't need him on our roster. Warriors. So there you go. There you go, Tony C. Yeah, 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 you see it. I remember the comic book. Of course you do. The don't. art was like, the art, had, it had a 90s art style, but outside of that, do you, not, I gave it down. Do you have any copies of that in your $50,000 uh, comic book collection? I don't think so. Oh, man. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah. So I suggest you go back and watch it. Um, this coming Thursday, the Lost Treasures episode from this past Sunday was pretty pretty uh, entertaining with Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts has been a big feature this past uh, you know ten days. He talks about his hate for the Ultimate Warrior. He talked about his hate for the Honky Tonk Man. He says he can't wait to piss. On Wayne Ferris's grave, for those of you that don't know, Wayne Ferris is the Undertaker. I think his name is Wayne Ferris. Dang, he ate the Undertaker too? No, the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, you said the Undertaker. No, 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 the Honky Tonk Man. Because him? Roy, Fer- Roy Wayne Ferris. No, for hitting him with a uh, real guitar. And that's what led to Jake... Uh, getting hooked on drugs. Well, so he blames him for that. So, so he gets hit by a guitar and then gets hooked on crack. No, he got hit by a real guitar, which is different right. from getting hooked hit by a fake guitar surfer. He said the real, and he kept he kept hitting him over and over again with this guitar. That resulted in Jake having to have uh, discs, two discs pulled out of his neck, and he was in chronic pain and had to go on painkillers and things like that. So Jake holds a lot of resentment towards the old, 
towards the Ultimate Warrior, whom the Ultimate Warrior, before he died, made amends with Jake Roberts. Because Jake Roberts in yeah. this uh, in this Dark Side of the Ring said at the Hall of Fame he was waiting to confront the Ultimate Warrior with a roll of quarters in his hand, and uh, and the Ultimate Warrior basically went up to Jake and apologized to him and well, for screwing you know, everything point, up. Probably, he probably knew his, his time was up. And, and then, but I don't know what what now. Jake Roberts will be the focus of this Thursday's Dark Side of the Ring. You need a two-parter for that one. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear what's going to be talked about. It's the Grizzly Smith Dark Side of the Ring. Of course, Grizzly Smith, the father of Jake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rockin' Robin. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing that that big, uh, big sad story because it is a tragedy. That one, that that story that they're going to tell. Oh, get your get your Kleenex ready. Get your Kleenex ready. Um, you ever see the movie with uh, Jake Roberts? I have. I have. Also, did you ever see about did, him? Did I see the what? The documentary about him. I. I did. I, that's the same thing. <laughs> you just asked me, and I said yes like three times. Uh, how do you hear you? So, um, what was the next thing I was going to say? Um, this Sunday, I have to go back and watch the Mick Foley biography, but or finish it, I should say, because I did start it. They did start it. Per, they did. It was. It started on a good foot. I will say that. I'm looking forward to see the Bret Hart documentary on Sunday on A&E. Not. I, I want to hear how they're going to do this this version of the of Bret Hart. You know, but you know what I've noticed? They're getting. I don't know if they're doing this because maybe A A uh, E is handling the uh, the interviewing. And the uh, the aqua the talent acquisitions for these specials, but there is a lot of AEW contracted performers that have been a part of these documentaries. I.e., Jim Ross has been a part of the couple a couple of them. Jake Roberts, you know, he had a whole episode of Lost Treasures focused on him this past week, and he's under contract with uh, AEW right now. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely interesting. Definitely is interesting. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, let me see if there's anything else uh, news wise. Is there anything else news wise that uh, you guys want to talk about? I mean, Drew McIntyre is going to go and uh, <laughs> he's going to face. Uh, Bobby Lashley again at Hell in a Cell. For Federation time. For the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Um, I have no idea. Uh, the National Wrestling Alliance has announced that they will uh, allow fans at their next pay-per-view and television tapings. Magnus did a champion. Magnus is still the uh, NWA heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, boy. 
Uh, let's see. Can't, uh, nothing to talk about when it comes to Eva Marie. Hmm. Are the Usos winning the tag titles Friday? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. The only way they won't is Roman does something. I would hope they would so they can have all the gold. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, and uh, kudos to Sheamus for uh, for finishing the match. Was he have a busted lip or something? He had a uh, he, he had a broken nose, I believe. Was the final. Uh, Broken nose. And it wasn't gushing, but it was, uh, it definitely was leaking. And he did say the word scumbaggery on, uh, on television. So. Uh, That's it. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about or should we just, uh, wrap it up? What was that? I know you got to step out and make a run. No, I don't have to make the run just yet. <laughs> Might as well wrap it up. Might as well wrap it up. All right. Uh, let's talk about what's going on here on the network. And, of course, uh, things will continue on Thursday with the, the Mark – no, Wednesday, the Mark Order podcast at 10.15 following Dynamite. Then – uh, Turnbook Throwbacks will be live at 9 o'clock. Uh, or sorry, 7 o'clock on Friday. The Shiny Wizards live Monday night at 7. This program, The Rant, live every Tuesday at 9. Uh, and we're counting down to Hell in a Cell. Three weeks of, Excuse me. Uh, three weeks away. And um, I think that's it. There's really nothing else. Kind of a kind of a slow week when it comes to wrestling news. Um, the wrestling capital of the world right now is Jacksonville, Florida, cesspool of a city. They could have picked any other city, but because they own the damn football team, it had to be Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think any. I don't think anybody on this call. Anybody on this call would ever live in Jacksonville. Not by choice. I got a cousin that lives there. You know what I'm saying? I wish you'd move back, but her husband is from there. Oh, well. uh, Yeah, you're right. Ball County. Yeah. One's from Jayville, always from Jayville. All right. uh, Well, oh, and I forgot to, you know, because... I, I was floored when I heard uh, Surfer watched F9. Illegally. Illegally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, on the other hand, will be doing it legally because I have my tickets for Thursday the 24th to go watch the movie. And I do like how AMC is setting it up for me. 
So your uh, perch, your per- what was that? What format have you seen? Just regular. I'm not gonna. I don't give a day. I don't. I don't need no. I don't need my seat rumbling, and uh, I don't need no 3D or HD or. I just want to see the goddamn movie, and that's it. At this point, I don't give a damn. You know, if they if they put a flat screen on the wall, I just want to see the movie and get it over with. <laughs> See how you get the fast team. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to have to wait two years for the next movie. No, Fast and Furious, that's like the only rolling trilogy. Like, you can put four, five, and six, make that into a trilogy. Five, six, and seven, seven, eight, and nine. It's just, everything's just one long trilogy of continuing. Yeah. But AMC, what they did was, is that obviously you got to buy your tickets in advance, and it's assigned seating and all that. And so what they do is, so me and my wife are going, and so this is how it is. We're I, I we're sitting in the corner because I like the corner of the theater. That's that's a personal choice of mine. I always have liked the corner because I also in the back. Um, in the back usually, yeah. You know, and the way, and this is a brand new theater, by the way. So, you know, all, pretty much all the seats are great seats. There's really no bad seat in the theater. They are, the way it works is, so let's say I'm not sitting in the corner in the back, but let's say I'm sitting center, okay? So it's me and my wife. The seat, on my, uh, let's say my wife is in the left and I'm in the right. The seat to my wife's left is empty. The seat to my right is empty. The two seats in front of us are empty. And the two seats behind us are empty. People are not allowed to sit so in those what, seats. They have uh, going on down there right now. What was that? What is the capacity? There is no capacity limits in the state of Florida. So why they blocking off seats then? That is a company thing that uh, they AMC is still social distancing. Right. So that's that's a comp- no, but I don't know if there's a capacity thing. They are just doing social distancing based on the ticket sales, but there's no capacity limits. The entire theater is available for sale. Right. That's the way it works. The seat's right. available. The entire you buy your seat. Right. They block off the rent. Right. Now, but if you were to, but if you were to purchase the entire, but if you were to purchase the entire theater, you could. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There are no capacity limits. They are just doing their own social distancing. So is it is it is it possible that that theater's gonna? I don't know how many seats are in the theater that we rented, but let's say there's. 500 seats. Is there going to be 250 people there? It's possible. The one thing I didn't like, I mean, I like it, but, you know, the one thing that I I think is kind of silly, to be honest with you, is you also have to put in your snack orders from now 
So if you bought a ticket, now's so I bought she bought the tickets today. When she bought the tickets, she also had to put in our snack order. So that when we get to the theater, it's waiting for us in a paper bag. I don't know if I like that too much. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's the world we live in. So I know I know Surfer doesn't have this problem because Surfer doesn't buy the, the stuff at the counter. Yes, I do. What do you buy at the counter? Soda, popcorn. Always? Take it out. Always? No, not always. Now, are you actually buying or is this included with your little membership thing? No, you don't. The membership don't give you anything free. Soda and popcorn unless is nothing use, for the field. Unless you use your, um, your points. So let me guess. Do you only buy something when you have points? No. Listen, I use my points to buy a ticket. Go. We got an AMC discussion. So okay, so so I, see I don't get it. So you're buying you're buying popcorn and and soda, which costs an arm to you have to mortgage your house to buy a popcorn and a soda at the movie theater these days. Right, Not, but tickets cost more. So you got no problem paying let's say twelve dollars for a popcorn and soda at the movie theater. Well, no. Okay, I got a staff membership. So, I do get a discount on the prices. And what's the discount? But, okay. If they have a regular and a large, I pay the price of a regular for a large. Okay. How much is a regular? Uh, I think popcorn is like up to like eight something. So you go to the movie theater... Okay, and you probably spend. Well, I haven't bought popcorn since I've been back to the movie. I don't care. I'm talking about it. This is before, after. I don't care when it's been. We're talking in the last at least five years because I, I, even before this, we're popcorn and soda prices at the movie theater have been ridiculous for twenty years. You went to the movies and mm-hmm. probably spent. At least twelve dollars on popcorn and and soda. Every yeah, single time. Of, if you get the regular or small, or whatever. I'll never forget the day I went. I think I've told this story when I went to go see. Um, uh, was one of the, it was the last movie I saw in the theater before the pandemic hit. And the last one I saw before the pandemic was Blood Bloodshot. It was I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think it was a funny movie, but I don't remember it. Anyways, we went to the counter because we wanted a soda, wanted a Pepsi or Coke or whatever it was that they were selling, and of course a Coke was like six bucks, you know, whatever. By the way, speaking of paying a lot of money, I got I got to talk about something that Lee brought up the other day in a text message. Six bucks for a soda, and the couple or the family next to me was ordering popcorn, nacho soda, and things like that. And when I heard the total that this poor bastard had to cough up, 
I damn near fainted for him of how much he had to pay. I'd never in my life thought that it would po- be possible to spend as much as he did at the snack at the snack counter, but he did. And if I remember correctly, the bill was like eighty six dollars. And um, poor bastard, it was a family of four, and and like eighty six dollars. I could take my wife out on a date, like on like a date, and actually do something with eighty six dollars. But whatever. And uh, we also had established uh, this past week via text message that neither myself nor Lee would ever pay ten dollars for a sprite. So I just wanted to make that known um, because we Lee texted a picture of a food receipt from a, from an expensive Miami restaurant where one Sprite cost $10. Let me ask you something, server. I'm going to ask you something about, uh, about luxurious uh, dining. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to invite you, okay, to go out to a very, very expensive restaurant, we're talking super expensive, okay, where... Mm-hmm. You know, a dinner for two at this restaurant easily, easily is going to, could be north of $300. Let's just say, just to put out a benchmark number. We get to the restaurant and they tell you, surfer, you can order whatever you want. Don't worry about what it is, how much it costs, or whatever. Order whatever you want. The menu is yours tonight. Does Surfer take it easy and be considerate? Or does Surfer go for the jugular? Not or regular. What was that? I don't don't necessarily like get the the finest uh, piece of meat in in the building. No, what's this? Now what? Now let me ask you this: the, in, a lot of times, those the menu in places like that are very limited. Let's say they only had a steak. Uh, let's say they had a, uh, a filet mignon, okay, a six or eight ounce filet uh, that cost just to throw out a number one hundred twenty six ninety nine. Okay, mm-hmm. but. A half chicken cost $75. What does Surfer get? Probably chicken. You probably would order the chicken. Okay. Surfer Surfer is a considerate person. And a lot of times when I'm treated, I try to pick up the tip. What if the bill is over three hundred dollars? I'm only contributing to the tip then. No, 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 no. Are you going to contribute to the tip on a three hundred dollar tab? Yeah, I'm not paying the whole tip though. What? How much are you going to give for the tip then? Well, a three hundred dollar bill. We're talking about sixty bucks. Uh, on a three hundred dollar, you'll give you'll give you'll give half. Of a, of a $50 tip. You'll give $25. Yeah. 
Well, the tip on the receipt that uh, that Lee sent was $829 and change. Would you chip in on that? Because the bill was $6,200. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm only tipping $25. <laughs> Come on now. Okay. No, wait, wait a minute. So you would tip $25 on an $829 tip? What do you think that $25 is going to do? Listen, I'm joking. But I wouldn't want somebody to spend that kind of money on dinner. Yeah, we. it was, it was, uh, let me, let me quickly go over this. They, uh, let me, let me, let me pull this up. By the way, why did Lee text free Britney? That, that I didn't understand. Um, Jeez. What, Britney Spears back in jail or something? Uh, who knows? Um, so, this is at a restaurant called uh, Nassour Et in Miami. Yeah? Well, you know damn well, surfer ain't finna pick up no tip on no meal that you talking about, man. Well, but listen, listen to what they ordered. Listen to what they ordered. Damn well. This is a this is an order for two, for six people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two or, two orders of twelve piece oysters that was a hundred dollars. Two orders of king crab crab legs that was a hundred and twenty dollars. Two orders of grilled prawns that was a hundred dollars. Two meat sushi sixty dollars. Two burratas, which is cheese, that's another sixty bucks. Two Salt Bay Passion uh, drinks, one hundred and twenty, or no, sorry, four Salt Bay Passion drinks. That's one hundred and twenty dollars. Two Voss waters, twenty dollars. Two JW blue, or no, six JW blues. That's five hundred and fifty-two dollars. One Sprite, ten dollars. Two one-piece spaghettis, is if I'm reading correctly, that's one hundred and sixty dollars. Two orders of French fries, thirty dollars. Two orders of mashed potatoes, thirty-eight dollars. Two orders of spinach, thirty dollars total. Two orders of spinach, thirty-eight dollars. Two sweet corns, thirty-eight dollars. Two one-piece orders of locum, which I don't know what that is, one hundred and sixty dollars. Two Istanbul Istanbul sirloin steaks, two hundred dollars. One tomahawk steak. $275, one golden tomahawk, $1,000, one cert for three, that's $220, two gold baklavas, that's $130, one espresso, which is the cheapest thing on the menu, $595, one trop green drink, that's also $595, and one Vindora's 24 karat gold de brut champagne, $1,500. The subtotal was 4942 or 49.4290. The tax was 400 bucks, and at 18% gratuity, it was 889.72. Came out to 62.2805. Now, I don't know why any of my friends would want to go to a restaurant and spend that kind of money. I mean, unless they hit the lottery. I could never imagine spending $6,200 in a restaurant for six people. On, a, on some food. $1,000 a person. Man, you know what I can get for my car for $6,200? One steak on here was $1,000. Yeah, ain't no steak going to taste $1,000 worth. One golden tomahawk. Listen, I want to, I want to, for $1,000, I want to bite into a steak and, and bust a nut with each bite. Oh, boy. That's how good I need to be. Like, 
like baby D bite into it and glitter and cream and fillings all shooting in my mouth uh, uh, for a thousand dollars. I'm good. I mean, it's, I, it's, the, the, the meat, the meat better chew itself. Wow. But I just stick it in my mouth and the meat does the rest. It, it, it chews itself down and gently swallows savoring the flavor. That's a drop right there. Alright, um, well, I guess Surfer won't be having any $6,200 dinners anytime soon. Now, let me, let me ask you, Surfer, would you ever, uh, would you ever, ever in your life pay $10 for a Sprite? I pay uh, $10 for a ginger ale at him. At what? I paid $10 for a ginger ale when I saw Hamilton. It better be, have been one of the greatest ginger ales of your life. For real. It wasn't that great, no. <laughs> I don't remember what I would... I mean, I bought drinks when I when we when we went to Broadway. I don't remember them costing that much. Because I'm thinking about $10 for the ginger ale. I was going to cost me for the tobacco all in there. I mean, I remember when I... I remember... I've been to Broadway. Sorry, go ahead. No, I remember at WrestleMania, inside the collector's cup, of a huge cup of Pepsi was like six fifty. So, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I've been to bars is like a sixty four dollars for a mixed drink of six, and you like thinking I might as well just get the the Roman Coke as opposed to just getting a Coke. Too funny. So now we know Surfer paid uh, $10, I told for ten dollars for a ginger ale. I don't remember. I'm done. They gave, they gave me they gave me a glass I could keep and everything. <laughs> commemorative cup. Was it worth it <laughs> was it worth the commemorative cup? Hey look, I was thirsty, you know. was intermission with the bar. Or the ginger ale, $10. So, you know, I'm not going, like, oh, no, that's okay. After he done poured the drink, I just bought the drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, with that said, okay. Hold on, let me uh, get some closing music. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, I'm trying to think. What should I close the show with today? Um, Jake Roberts theme song. You were talking about nah, Jake all night. I don't want to talk about. That. I don't want to play Jake Roberts theme song. It's it's not that uh, not that uh, not that entertaining. Let me see here. Do we have? Uh, Play the warrior theme song. I, don't, yeah, I guess I could play the ultimate warrior. Ultimate warrior theme. Let's see here. The full. I want the full version though. Uh, the full. There we go. All right. All right. With that said. 
I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Be safe. Be happy. And for Tony C and for Surfer, I'm Double A. Have a good night, everybody.